Welcome to the latest edition of the First in Orange podcast, sponsored by SportsBetting.com. This is Denver Post Deputy Sports Editor Matt Schubert, joined by Broncos beat writer Ryan O'Halloran. We're going to talk about the Broncos' Week 16 matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers. Lots of other news going on, injuries, Pro Bowl selections came out. Two Broncos made it. One's kind of salty. He didn't. Uh, and Justin Herbert just licking his chops, looking at this Denver Broncos secondary. So, Ryan, let's dig in right away here. Injury updates, what's going on, who's going to be available, who isn't? Well, I'll start off, Matt. I think the first, the last time you filled in, was it the week of the New Orleans game? That is correct. So hopefully we can avoid that chaos again. <laughs> but uh but we, you know, that was one for the books. But for the Broncos, at this time of year, your injury report's going to be shorter because if you're hurt, you're probably on IR. Bradley Chubb has an ankle, did not practice Wednesday. Sounds like he's going to be good to go. Royce Freeman with a hip sat out Wednesday. Sounds like he'll be good to go. Philip Lindsay, another deal, though. Uh, hip and knee injuries. Uh, did not practice along with the other guys on Wednesday. The cynical part of me is Philip going to make a couple business decisions over the last two weeks saying, Hey, I'm going to be a restricted free agent. That may be an unrestricted free agent. If I don't get tendered a contract, um, you know, if I'm Philip, I want to chalk this up to a lost season and maybe start over somewhere else as we've, as, as we've speculated, it probably won't be here. You know, the fans will have to get over that, but, um, but this means, you know, if uh, Philip is out, it means a big Melvin Gordon day. So if you were going to put odds on Philip Lindsay, we, we're, we're never going to see him again in a Broncos uniform. Uh, what, what would you say? Is it just highly likely at this point? Or? Well, if sportsbetting.com had a prop bet on that, I would throw five <laughs> bucks on a no because I'm a big spender. <laughs> but I think even if he wasn't, even if he was in the future, if he's, if he has a couple of things nagging him, my guess the Broncos would be in favor of shutting him down anyways. Uh, but you talk about, and we, I wrote about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. You talk about a, a turn of events, you know, last February at the combine, I asked John Elway, Philip Lindsay contract extension. He said, we're going to talk about it after the draft. Well, two weeks later, they signed Melvin Gordon and that ended that. And now all of a sudden you're talking about a guy, he may not even be tendered after a couple of thousand yard seasons, but when you're in this league and you're not a Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley, you got to be able to be multifaceted, catch it, protect it. And that sack last week that resulted in the Bills touchdown, that was on Phil. He should have been there to help Bulls out on Tredavious White. It was too late to react. Game got blown open. So if he goes somewhere else, is he going to be a number one back somewhere else, you think? Or what was his future? Yeah, that's that's if 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 I'm if I'm another team right now, I'm looking at Philip as not a number one. But here's the problem: your number two guy is usually good on third down, right? Is there a pass catcher or is a receiver? He doesn't check those boxes right now. So if if you're a team interested in him, you got to be concerned about the injury history. This will be the if he, if he doesn't play again this year, this will be the third straight year he doesn't finish because of he's hurt. And then also you got to make sure you have a pretty dang good third down guy because Philip is a first and second down runner. Uh, you know, he'll, there will be a market, but it may be just, you know, it may be just be on a, a one year prove it deal and then hit the market again uh, in March of 2022. Mm. Philip Lindsay, a uh, former pro bowler, uh, pro bowl selections came out to, no, not today, excuse me, a couple days ago. Uh, 
Bradley Chubb, Justin Simmons both make it. I, I was a little surprised by Bradley Chubb. Um, Simmons, not at all. That's That seemed like that was going to happen. You know, it's usually you have a good year, and then the next year you get on the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's sort of what happened with, with Justin Simmons. Bradley Chubb, that one surprised me. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll start with Chubb. You know, seven and a half sacks. I was surprised and then doubly surprised that he was voted a starter. Mm-hmm. But from what I was told is he really – uh, got a lot of voting favor from coaches and players. You know, coaches recognize the edge rusher, and then the players also recognize the talent as well. You know, Chris Harris said on his Zoom yesterday, hey, I voted for Chubb and Simmons. So, uh, you know, I thought Bradley, you know, as he would admit, this hasn't been the year statistically he thought it would be. He got off to a slow start, had another lull in the middle of the season. And I think just what, what this does, I think it sort of sets the stage for him to really break out in 2022. As for Simmons, I think you're totally right. It happens in every sport. You sort of get the recognition a year after. And he's backed up that uh, second team all pro season with four interceptions this year. He's done a lot of good things. So he gets that nod. You know, Garrett Bowles said he was disappointed not to make it. But I go back to what I go back to the Simmons thing. This was Garrett's really first good year. Next year is when he'll be recognized for that if he continues to play well. But it's not a good team. Um, you're not going to get the bubble guys. Five and nine, they should be fortunate they got two guys uh, because right now these are good players on, ba- on, a, on a bad team. So that also impacts the voting. Yeah, Bulls, uh, one thing, looking at the, the team for the AFC, there's a lot of good tackles in mm-hmm. the AFC. Uh, to to jump into that top three, it, it's not easy. Yeah, and 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 I always have to remind myself is they pick three, and yeah. uh, usually you think two and two, but you know uh, Eric Fisher, established guy, um, Orlando Brown, an emerging young player on a good team, and then Laramie Tunsil. It's almost like he's being rewarded for living up to the contract he negotiated for himself, but <laughs> he's also on a bad team, so. Yeah. It's, uh, it, you know, it's, it, you know, I don't want to, I mean, the Pro Bowl to me is, it's an honor, but, you know, the game doesn't matter. It's not even going to be played this year. What would be interesting for Bowles is, does he get some all pro consideration? I mean, the gods at PFF say he hasn't given up a sack this year. I disagree. I have him down for a half and a half, which is not a big difference, but, but, uh, you know, if I'm Bowles, I've won this year because I got the contract. Yeah, right. He got paid and he's uh, looks like he's going to be the left tackle for a while here in Denver is, do you think Justin Simmons, to me, this is an obvious answer, but maybe not. He's all pro again, right? He's going to be on the all pro team again. Yeah. um, You know, Mika Fitzpatrick in Pittsburgh has had a good year. I think I got to think Taran Matthew is going to get one of those spots. Yeah. Um, Jamal Adams has set a record for sacks. So, I think if, if Justin can get a, a repeat as second team, that should be considered a success because that means you're, you're viewed as one of the top four safeties in the league. Helping him is a guy like, you know, Derwin James has been hurt the whole year from the Chargers. Uh, so you, you remove one of those contenders. Yeah, you know, when you get to, you know, up into two, three all pro selections, that's when you start getting into Hall of Fame discussion territory when your career is over you know multiple all pros you have to have multiple all pros yeah and, and from a broncos perspective you know he's moving in the ring of fame territory already yeah uh, because i mean they put john lynch in the ring of fame he played here five years 
Right. You know, his, I recognize John as a buccaneer, but, uh, but, you know, I got a couple of reader emails say, well, this has got to increase Justin's leverage. Well, he had a lot of leverage anyways. Uh, it doesn't, I don't think it's going to move the needle at all. He has a number in mind. The Broncos re-sign Bowles to free up that tag for Simmons. I expect him to uh, put that on him in February. It doesn't mean he's going to sign it yet, but uh, you know, he's going to make a lot of money somewhere, and most likely it'll be here in Denver. Do, do you think long-term deal, or is that going to be another year on the tag? Um, financially, it makes sense for the Broncos to do a long-term deal because when they announce these 2021 tag numbers, they're not going to apply to Justin Simmons because he's going to be playing on the second tag. That means he gets a 20% increase. Now he's up into the 13 and a half, $14 million range with Kareem Jackson. If he comes back, that's a lot of money for the safety spot that they got away with this year. I, I think the best move for, for the Broncos is to work on a long-term deal to make those cap numbers a little more manageable, manageable. Uh, it, you, you mentioned the cap. Uh, I just we, we talked about injuries. I just want to do a quick mention on this. It doesn't look like Von Miller is going to play at the end of the season, right? That, that's pretty much uh, out of the question at this point. Yeah, Vic, Vic, Vic Fangio basically ruled that out uh, Wednesday, and it's which is fine, which is what he should have said because, as he pointed out earlier in the week, Von hasn't even practiced yet. Right. You know, so, so they, they, they didn't even get around to starting that 21 day clock to return from IR. So I think they just wanted to let, let him hang on to that hope just to, I guess, maybe keep him motivated, keep him grinding on his rehab. You know, the storyline now turns to the off season. Um, he's has one year left on his deal. Do they just say, Hey, let's play it out. Do they add a year or two, lower that cap number? Do they cut him straight up? I think the most likely of those three scenarios that he returns and plays out the final year of his deal. Just want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor, sportsbetting.com. Sign up today at sportsbetting.com backslash post, and you can receive a new player offer for a 100% risk-free week of betting up to $1,000. That's free money, folks. As I always like to say, free is for me, and it can be for you. Okay, well, uh, so... We, we talked, uh, or at least briefly mentioned Melvin Gordon earlier, going to be taking on his former team, also taking on his former team, Chris Harris, for the first time. He wasn't available uh, the first time these two teams played. Obviously, um, the Broncos' passing game has sort of been up and down uh, for the last, what, I guess, month, essentially. Um, what do you see the impact there and, and what are your thoughts on, on Chris Harris going up against the Broncos, uh, for the first time? Yeah. And and I wrote this for Friday's paper is Chris, Chris tried to be diplomatic on the zoom on Wednesday say, you know, I go in with an incentive mindset every game, but knowing Chris Harris, he could not help himself. He then added probably going to be a little more on Sunday. (laughs) And I, he's always been honest. I applaud him for that. If you want to get it down to simple terms, they swapped out Chris Harris for AJ Boy. Different positions, I get it, but that hasn't really worked out. You know, Boy was in and out of the lineup, then suspended. Christmas, seven games with a foot injury, has uh, one interception against Las Vegas last week. So, it uh, you know he's going to see a lot of Hamler, a lot of Judy, but it's ironic we're talking about Harris when there's short so many corners. You see Isaac Yada playing. For the Giants, they traded him because he wasn't going to make the team. I don't, I don't fault them for that, but uh, I've never seen cornerback attrition like this. And, and you know, so a year ago at this time, I asked, and I asked Chris this the other day. I said, a year ago at this time, did you think the 
you were going to return the Broncos. He said he definitely thought there was a chance. He swapped agents trying to work that out. But I think the Broncos were just committed to Boye feeling it was a one-year deal as opposed to maybe a, a two- or three-year deal for Chris. Boye, he's not coming back next year, right? Uh, I would. I can't imagine him. Uh, you know, I think they'd – I thought he was on the rocks before his suspension. Uh, and corner's going to be a storyline the entire offseason until they've shown they have a plan and show they felt they fixed it. Yeah, that's – well, cornerback, uh, that, that gets us to our next topic, that this is a depleted secondary. Obviously, down the line, they're going to have to figure out something about Bouye and, and – how how they're going to set up their one and two on in, on the cornerback position, uh, but now here comes Justin Herbert. Uh, this guy torches secondaries on a weekly basis. Uh, he's got to be just absolutely licking his chops, looking at what he's about to go up against. Yeah, and he he should, and he should. Um, you know, he's he's tied with Baker Mayfield for the NFL rookie touchdown record with twenty seven. You should have that on the first drive. <laughs> Not over with, but I mean, his numbers are eye popping. The record isn't great, four and nine as a starter, but the touchdowns, seven, 300 yard games. The thing that really stood out to me, he has eight completions of at least 50 yards that leads the league. The Broncos have one as a team this year. So, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams all should be having big days. And if you're John Elway, you're looking at Justin Herbert saying, this guy's going to be a pain in the butt for the next 10 years. You're already dealing with Mahomes. Never know what the Raiders are going to do with Carr, but it just shows you if you if you find the right quarterback, you can start building around him instead of trying to replace that guy every year. Yeah, that's uh, Justin Herbert has got to be. If you were going to make a list of you know under twenty three, under twenty four year old quarterbacks, he's got to be near the top of guys that you're you'd like. That's somebody I can build around. That's somebody I can make an offense with. What, what do you think about him? And I mean, obviously, strong armed. Seems to make good decisions for yeah. a young guy. I mean, uh, watch, you know, he comes from that Oregon system where they don't call the plays. They look at the boards. They don't huddle. They're not under center. I mean, all those things were working against Herbert. And then he gets thrown in there in the second game because of Tyrod Taylor's injury. One thing that stood out watching him in person was the arm strength. Not that I had spent a lot of time watching him in college, but the ball just explodes out of his hands. And that was really apparent. The other thing is the athleticism, which could get him in trouble sometimes because he likes to extend the play, but you know, he's tough to bring down. So I think there's a lot to like there. And you know, I think the chargers are probably better than their five and nine record. Whereas I think the Broncos are probably right where they should be at five and nine. What in the world do the Broncos do to defend this passing game with what they have going on in the secondary right now? Well, help's not on the way. And as, as Vic said on Monday, he said, well, right now we're going to go with the same guys we went with against Buffalo. But they didn't have a choice. As he said, you, know, you can help them by rolling up your safeties, playing over the top. Well, if you do that, it exposes your run defense. He, is, he said, you have to be able to cover a man. They have to be more aggressive contesting those routes. Devontae Bosby was given eight, nine yards of cushion against Buffalo. I don't know if that was the call or he was just didn't want to get beat deep, probably some of both. If I'm Vic, I roll the dice. I send a lot of pressure. I try to force the kid in some bad decisions, see if you can get a tip pass or an interception. Because right now this team can't get a takeaway. That's the other problem. You know, they're on track to have the fewest in team history. So 
this is, and I'm picking the Chargers for that reason. I think that uh, Herbert's going to be able to get them a lead early. Then I think what they're going to do is I think they're just going to take the air out of the football, get a lead, rot it, get out of there with a win for the Chargers. So <clears throat> I'm a Broncos fan. Let's say I'm a Broncos fan. And last week I had to watch Josh Allen absolutely destroy my defense. This week, probably going to watch Justin Herbert do the same. What are you telling me to reassure me that, hey, everything is fine. Uh, the Broncos might still have an answer uh, at the quarterback position, or what can they do to get an answer at the quarterback position to be in the position that these two teams that they faced in the last two weeks are in? Yeah, and you know, right about that for Sunday, you look at what Drew Locke, are the last two games a referendum? Of course they are. But every game is uh, when you're when you're in that spot and you're not playing that well and, and you're playing really with no consistency. Wanting to stick with Locke, say, hey, second round pick, you've invested that, no offseason program, no new offense. You lose Cortland Sutton. Okay, keep the gang back together. You can acquire a veteran back to maybe push him. You can acquire a veteran starter to take over for him. You can draft a first-round quarterback. By the rank, those scenarios, I think most likely right now, also most likely, let's say a veteran starter and make lock the backup. Almost unlikely is probably a first-round draft pick because they've been down that road. Uh, you know, try and get an older guy, but it's these last two games for Drew. Can you stack a couple games together? Can you avoid turnovers? All the little stuff. You know, this is not going to invite a lot of confidence from Bronco fans, but this is where you're at. You're irrelevant. And yeah, that, that doesn't cheer me up, that's for sure. Yeah, so and it's, you know, they're throwing darts at the board. But, uh, you know, we'll see what Drew does these next two weeks. So um, you, you mentioned veterans. All right, let me just throw one name at you, Matthew Stafford. That'd be my guy. Um, you know, the Lions are starting over the GM and coach. Um, does Stafford say, hey, uh, I want a fresh start? But if I'm Matthew Stafford, the question then I ask is, where can I have the best chance to win a Super Bowl? Where can I have the best chance to compete for one? Probably not here, uh, but there may be not a lot of seats at the table. He may be forced to take that. My guess, it feels like, the, it feels like being a one-team guy is – pretty important to him and he may be liberated by a regime change because that was not going well there so but that's definitely would be my first call after that then you're going down to veterans who can you think and they win a game or two and also mentor drew lock that's probably the probably the, the group you're getting into would there be any chance and I, I don't think broncos fans would be excited about this but um you know sometimes change of scenery means a lot of things Somebody like Sam Darnold, who didn't work out with the team that drafted him high, but obviously had some talent, and we all know that John Elway likes Sam Darnold. Uh, could somebody like that show up in Denver? I, I thought that was on the radar had the Jets drafted first. Uh, now they, they won, so they lost that pick for now. So you figure, okay, Jackson was at number one. Go with Lawrence. And then the Jets at number two. They have to decide, do they like Sam Darnold better than Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Zach Wilson? If they do, then they can trade out of that spot or draft the Jorgen left tackle. And Cincinnati could be in the same thing at number three. So 
thing about Darn, if let's say they want to draft a quarterback and trade Darnold, are the Broncos willing, willing to give up a second round pick plus more? Uh, you know, maybe something to consider, but you know, this is a team that needs bodies, which means they need to keep their picks. Right. Yeah. I would think obviously drafting a cornerback is going to be one of those high needs as we talked about earlier. Uh, so um, what, what, what do you think the Broncos need to see from Drew Locke over these next two weeks to where they can be confident? Oh, you know what? We can stick with this guy. We think we got something. What's, what's fascinating is, is if their decisions are already made. Right. And, you know, he can play lights out and they don't let that cloud their vision. You know, one thing you, can, you try to think of is you can wait for the season to go over and then look at the entire body of work. Uh, you want, okay, can you win two games? Can you play turnover free? Can you not fumble? You know, all those big things that add up. You know, uh, will the last two games change the minds of the Broncos brass in any way? We don't know. Uh, but if you're Drew, you want to go out on a strong note just to leave that impression that you are on the right track. If if you are going to just look at all of the different position groups uh, and and sort of rank, hey, here's the here's the three that I think that they're the most comfortable with going into the future. I, I know I would probably say uh, off, offensive line, uh, wide receiver, and and I'm, I'm struggling for a third. Maybe, I guess maybe linebackers. I don't know. The inside linebacker is a big question mark, but the outside linebackers are deep. Yeah. Even yeah. outside linebacker with Vaughn's health. Yeah. You know, I guess receiver, uh, if something comes back, that's it. I mean, offensive line, you have a question at right tackle. And you know, and your right guard in your right guard, Graham Glasgow has not played well. So he was your big money guy. So that that illustrates the problems this organization has right now is for the Chiefs, for the Ravens, you can name four or five position groups. And while I was covering the Jaguars all those years, our running joke was they could go any direction with their top five pick. <laughs> because they just have so many needs and the same thing with the Broncos right now. Okay. Well, we've got uh, the chargers on Sunday in Los Angeles. I believe the first visit to uh SoFi stadium, correct? SoFi. Yep. So no fans there, of course, but uh two Oh five mountain time. I'm picking the chargers high scoring game. 31, 24. 30, wow. Yeah. That, that, that'd be a fun game at the very least. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, if we know anything about the chargers, they certainly know how to give a game back to you. Yeah, and so I, I could see uh, I could see this shape up a little like the Atlanta game where the Falcons sprinted to a big lead and then held on for dear yeah. life. Uh, I think that could be something like that. But, but I could fear the Chargers to say, okay, we led this team by three touchdowns in November and it, we didn't win. So let's keep the pedal on the floor. Right, right. Well, it's uh, it's been a long and and. Not very successful season for the Broncos. I'm sure if, if you would have told people uh, the Broncos would be where they're at right now, again with questions at quarterback, uh, just depleted in the secondary, they probably wouldn't be too happy. Um, y- your thoughts here as we, we get to the end of this podcast and, and near the end of the Broncos season? Well, number one is, is Vic Fangio's future. Uh, does the two games depend on that? Who knows? 
Next is your coordinators. You know, do you embrace continuity for a change, specifically with Pat Shermer? You have a lot of cap space to work with. You can create a ton of money by moving off on some veterans on defense, which is what I expect them to do. So I think it's a heavy draft on defense. You say, and people are going to say, well, why? Their offense stinks. Well, they have young players on offense. They're just not very good yet. They think they're going to be okay. And defense, you're just going to, you're going to need to replace a lot of starters. So, I mean, this, this, you know, right now this organization going through a fifth straight year out of the playoffs is still chasing its tail a little bit. They're still throwing darts at the board, seeing what can hit. A year ago at this time, they thought they could build around the quarterback. Maybe they have some doubts about that now. Should I be worried about Jerry Judy? Um, to me, maybe he's, he's probably a little banged up. I, I've been underwhelmed. Uh, especially when you look at the guys drafted after him, what numbers they're putting up. You know, he's played with a couple of different quarterbacks. That's, you know, so of every, so of other guys. But I just think next year, and me and Mark Kislett debated this week and a half ago, is this offense big enough for Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler in 2021? And I wrote, I think it is for KJ because he knows he's not going to get 10 touches a game. Jerry Judy expects eight to nine targets a game. And with Sutton coming back, maybe that will free up Jerry to make some more bigger plays. But it just feels like uh, he's hit a figurative wall here the last month. Mulligan of all mulligans. If, if they could just go back and get Justin Jefferson instead. <laughs> they do well, and, and, or, and, 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 and let's say we moved out. Let's say you would have considered LaVisca Chenault. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But well, the second guest central. Yeah. It's uh there were just so many receivers in that draft, um, and somebody was bound to look. I mean, let's put it this way. Has Henry Ruggs looked any better? I, I, I don't think so. No. I mean, and so Lamb has had, you know, and Lamb is, CD Lamb's been working off Cooper. Justin Jefferson has Thielen. Um, and even like Chenault, he's going with DJ Chark, who's a Pro Bowl last year receiver. So I think that's impacted Judy's numbers greatly. Not having something. Right. Well, all right, Ryan. Uh, again, Matt Schubert here and Ryan O'Halloran on the First and Orange podcast. So glad you joined me. Um, have Are you going to Los Angeles on, on Sunday? For flying Saturday. Oh, boy. Well, enjoy your time in sunny Los Angeles. I'm really – I am jealous you get to go there. Well, I'll stay in the hotel because that's the only thing that's open. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. And we'll be back again here next week. Uh, I should say I won't be. Kyle Newman will be. So I guess we'll see you again then. 